I know that FDR said that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself, but I pretty much lose all my faculties when a Windows team meeting presenter utters those terrifying words. Okay, now we're going to separate into breakout rooms. Greetings, fellow Earth babies, and welcome to Post-Punk Heartstrings. I am Jimmy James S. Butler, coming to you from my little podcast room that I've created for myself. I'm actually speaking under a box right now that's padded with foam. It's so luxurious, but it's tiny, it's small. Really isn't enough luxury there to enjoy beyond sticking your head into a box and recording your voice on a microphone, and that's what I'm doing. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If I haven't already scared you away with my silly meandering, thank you for staying. Thank you for being here. Thank you for coming back if you've listened to the other episodes already. This episode is a little bit different than the previous episodes, This is a continuation of sorts in Jamie Harmon and I's discussion. I thought it would be a good idea to talk about fears and loves. I think that sharing fears and loves is a very good way to create commonality and to obliterate this feeling that I'm the only one. So sharing fears makes them a little smaller. Sharing loves makes them a little greater. And the transparency that comes with sharing fears and loves, brings us together, brings oneness. And so I thought it would be a good idea to do this with my guests. And since Jamie was the first guest I had on this podcast, we did this and it turned into a bit of a long conversation, which was great. And so I decided just to save it for its own episode, an episode of Fears and Loves. If you've listened to the past episodes, you know that Steve Hindelong, the lyricist and drummer for the band The Choir, shared a fear and a love of his, and I thought it was really great. And so I'm going to continue this sharing of loves and fears with guests that I have on the podcast, unless the guests are uncomfortable with sharing fears and loves, which I could totally understand, and I'm not going to force anybody. But I am really enthralled with this idea of sharing the semi-private thoughts with each other and breaking down some of the barriers that make us feel so alone. So without any further rambling on my part, let's jump into Jamie and I's conversation. Tell me, are you often afraid like this? You should never be ashamed of telling me when you're afraid of something. Fear is nothing to be ashamed of. Everybody's afraid of something or other.
let's talk about fears. Were you able to come up with any fears? Originally, I was thinking gripes and gratitudes or, you know, being thankful. <laughs> but I went with fears and loves and loves are a little easier to come up. I think fears are difficult. Fears are difficult to share. Yes, I was just going to say they're difficult to vocalize. But I have a ton of fears. <laughs> they're there, but they're difficult to share. Yeah. So did you come up with something? Um, that's probably the biggest fear right a there few? is just being is sharing, share. you know, being, being able to yeah. be vulnerable. Derek and I talk about that a lot, about being vulnerable. It's not easy. And we both come from that fear of being vulnerable from different perspectives. His being vulnerable wasn't allowed in his house because it was... He had a really overbearing father and a not very maternal mother. And so you just took care of yourself. Don't bring up issues. You know, you just basically take care of yourself, raise yourself. And in my house, it was, we were in a bubble that my mom had created and was very important to her because of the mental illness that she grew up with and her mom and just a horrific, horrific upbringing that she had and was not going to have any of that. And so all my weird little quirks that I had, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm OCD. I mean, I've struggled with that my entire life, but you don't talk about it. And so my biggest fear always from my earliest memory is saying something that I shouldn't say, which is kind of ironic because I do all the time say things that I shouldn't say, but I do have a fear <laughs> of it. So it doesn't stop. Yeah. Have a fear of it, but that it's it's not strong enough to I stop can't you. Stop from... it. Yes, a lot of the time. <laughs> but I and sadly that I'm still blocking things up. And that's so just imagine if that was a way. So yeah. Yeah, just being labeled <laughs> as weird or different. And I was always. I mean, I had tons of friends, and everywhere I went, I have a ton of friends, but not very many that know me really in depth, different parts of me because that's, that's way too vulnerable, you know, for, to share with some people the way that my mind works, that's, there are very few people that know that because that's a, that would have been in my house would have been labeled as weird and we don't do that. So be quiet. Don't do that. Yeah. And so I was, that was really ingrained in me not to do that. So it was hard for me to really embrace music like this and and things like that. I couldn't not do it because that it was so strong in me to do that. But I was always cognizant of if I get really excited about this, somebody's going to be like, well, that's weird. And I'm like, Ooh, not the weird word. You know, you're not supposed to be weird. You're not supposed to be weird. Yeah, not that. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. I knew how to fit in. Um, I don't like that because I think that's kind of hypocritical to do what it takes to fit in. So I've never really been great at it. I've never really found anything that I'm really wonderful at because I like a lot of different things. And so I dabble a lot. Yeah. And yeah. I've always yeah. had a fear of being pigeonholed, you know, like you are this and I'm like, Ooh, don't No, I can't just be one thing. Cause I'm not yeah. good at any one thing. Yeah. I can do a little bit of everything, nothing really well. I'm like, I just can't. Yeah. I very much relate to <laughs> what you just said. Very much. So that's a fear of yours. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> Thank you. Cause I didn't realize it was tough. <laughs> I mean, I've thought about that a lot. Like that's, that's what you said is very much me. And, and the thing is, and this is probably true about you too. Probably other people would disagree yeah. and say, no, you're really good at this or you're really good at that. But in my head, I'm like, 
I, I like a lot of different, doing a lot of different things and I'm not really good at yeah. any one thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So don't make me just do yeah. one thing. Yeah. But I think other people would disagree. Yeah. My husband very much that. disagrees about me that. and probably yeah. about you yep. too, yep. Uh, yep. you know, so, and mm -hmm. not to keep mentioning it, but that's part of, you know, that's somewhat related to the INFJ thing yeah. too, because we like to do a lot of different and things. And it's hard to settle on um, one thing. I mean, like. And focus on one thing. Well, I, well, yeah. And, and settle, yeah. settle, settle is yeah. a better yeah. word than focus. It's hard to settle. It really is. I yeah. was, I was looking at, I, I, I told Derek, I'm going to list my, my bands, my albums. I'm not a person that likes a lot oh. of just one album because I like so many different kinds of music that it's all over the place. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to just free associate. What are some albums that were important to me? And I came up with Rattle and Hum, U2, um, Eagles, yeah, Hotel California, okay. Yentl. I mean, it's true. It's Yentl. Yentl. Um, Steve Camp, <laughs> Doing My Best. I love that album. Metallica's Inter Sandman. Carol King. Wow. Carol King. You went from Steve Camp to Metallica. I, I love both of those albums going All right, backwards proceed. and forwards. <laughs> proceed. <laughs> um, Carol King's Tapestry. Oh, love that album. Oh, yeah. Okay. I the Indigo that. Girls' yeah. Rites of Passage. Glenn Hansard is yep. my favorite artist of all time. So I don't have one favorite album. Wow, I don't know who that is. I'll have to, I'll have to look in. I'm going to see him <laughs> on the 12th in Chicago. Wow. My oldest son, I got him and his wife in, into Glenn Hansard. Um, have you seen the movie Glenn Once? Glenn Hansard, okay. Have you heard of that movie Once? He's Irish. Not, I don't remember. Okay, he made the movie okay. Once. You'll have to look it up. Maybe. It won Best Song. Maybe, maybe That You're Falling Slowly okay. is the won the best song. And so I like the once soundtrack, but I just love him. He's Irish. I'm an Anglophile yeah. kind of person. Um, I'm obsessed yeah. with him. And so I, <laughs> this is totally a bunny retro, but I went to see my favorite actor is Peter Dinklage and he's, oh, he's a okay. dwarf. And I would, yeah, yeah, oh, I know. He's, oh, I don't know I'm, him, yeah, but I yeah. know him. I'm just, <laughs> I'm never kind of in him. love with him. <laughs> and so he just came out with Cyrano, the, you know, his, his version of Cyrano. And it's a musical. I did not know this. So I made Derek take me huh. on Friday and he was kind of excited too. He likes Peter Dinklage too. And I mean, he's not obsessed like I am, but it's okay. Yeah. And so he's like, I could be like invisible right now. You don't even care that I'm here. I'm like, shh, Peter's on the screen. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm listening. And so they're singing. And towards the end of the movie, I hear Glenn Hansard's voice. And I'm like, wait, what's happening? Why do I hear Glenn Hansard? And he's in the movie. I oh, literally wow. almost just died. I stopped breathing. Derek was like, breathe. Okay. And he's like, I know that I don't <laughs> exist for you right now because your two men are right <laughs> yeah. there on the screen. But there was one shot of Glenn Hansard and Peter Dinklage on the screen and they're singing. And I'm like, I, I can just die. I could just die. And that's unusual. And I don't know that I would like them as much if everybody now, and now it's pretty much getting that way with Peter Dinklage. Everybody loves Peter Dinklage. And I'm like, oh. I need to move on to somebody else. <laughs> now it's time. <laughs> it was Alan Rickman until he got really popular. Alan oh, Rickman. I loved Alan Rickman. And then he got really popular and I'm like, okay, Peter Dinklage. And now he's really popular. I'm like, dang it, who's on the scene that I can go to? Who's next? <laughs> and Glenn Hansard is getting there, but he's not quite there yet. Not as much as most people. So he's still my guy. He's, you, you would love his music. Very deep, Often very. Enough, um, for sure dark a lot of it is dark 
Yeah. I just melancholy, very kind of a melancholy sound. I like folk music a lot. And he mm-hmm. is just a guitar. You know, he was, he was a buster bus. Yeah. Um, what's it called? Bussing, not bussing, busking. Busking. Bus yeah, busking. Oh, yeah, busking. Yeah, busking. He busked. <laughs> I'm like bus, bus boy. boy? No, no. Bus <laughs> no, busking. Yeah, he, he just yeah. put his put his case yeah, out there. He quit and school and, and, and started yeah. at the age yeah. of 14, and that's what he's been doing ever since. And he oh, wow. he's made it big, so he's doing well. That's but, a big fear for me has always been not fitting in. But then at the same time, strangely enough, yeah. equal measures of fear of mine is fitting in missing out on the deeper things that you miss out on when you're being shallow. I mean, in school, I was an athlete. And so I did all of that. But I also was copy editor of the newspaper. And I was on the yearbook staff. And I was an AFS. And I was in choir. And I also, did, you know, I mean, you can do the little popular shallow things. But that wasn't enough for me. And that was important to me so that I wasn't considered weird. But it wasn't important enough to me to not do those other things, you know. Yeah, I'm like, okay, yeah. I can I can do what I need to do. I like Bon Jovi. I do love Bon Jovi, but I also like Midnight Oil, and that's just going to have to be okay with people. I'm like, I just can't. Yeah, I yeah. can't give up yeah. the Sex Pistols in favor of Journey. I mean, I can <laughs> like them both, you know. <laughs> even though my friends are like, I can't even yeah. believe you can say Sex Pistols. You're so embarrassed about stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, you can say that. <laughs> I'm like the S pistols, them. I like them. S pistols. <laughs> Johnny right. Rotten. Let's just do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, okay, I'll I'll tell you a fear that I that I wrote down. I have a fear that there will come a time when I'm no longer funny. <laughs> that people don't think I'm funny anymore. Okay. Hmm. Because I, that's what everyone always says. Oh, you're so funny. That's what I get the most. But I also have this very very serious pensive intense side mm-hmm. and sometimes i I'll, I'll intentionally be like okay I'm, I'm shunning the funny part yeah because i want people to think i'm this intense you know see my serious side but i think the funny part is where my talent really is <laughs> <laughs> you know that's why. you are good at that i mean i'll be and honest so, yeah. and so and so i i'm i'm afraid there's gonna come a time when i'm no longer maybe it maybe i've already <laughs> Maybe I'm there. I no one told you. I yet. could be there already. <laughs> yeah, nobody told me. They just kind of, you know. His heart. <laughs> they they got their laugh tracks going, right? Yeah, but we'll give him a little chuckle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's he's squarely in the dad joke type <laughs> camp. But yeah, so that's one of my that's one of the ones that I, I put down. And that's interesting because so. my first thought when you said that I was like. I don't think of, of Sting as funny. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute. Yeah, I do. Like, especially your little quips that you put on Facebook. Those make me crack up every single time. I'm like, oh yeah, you are. So I think you do it very well. You do both. Because I always think of you as an intense, deep thinker. But then I also, oh, good. but you're also funny. So I would take that over funny. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I, I get that. But I want to be funny yeah, too. Of course. I don't want to lose that. Yeah, you want to be everything. <laughs> so, That's the thing. I want to be everything. <laughs> don't That's the pigeonhole thing. me. <laughs> because the fear is that but I, you know yeah like i kind of i've kind of i used to write funny blogs ah. and, and different things more so and everyone loved yeah. that and i was like okay but okay but i don't want to i that's not what i want to focus on funny anymore. cells and so yeah it does though kind of so you know i've focused on this digging deeper mm-hmm. and being very vulnerable overly vulnerable having vulnerability hangovers the next day after I've written or posted. Do you do that? Do you like second like guess? Um, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll put things, 
publish things and be like, and, and I've unpublished a few. Yeah, I saw that. I read uh, over, that. Over the, yeah. over the years. <laughs> yeah. Which I may publish again, but if the moment <laughs> hits me right. But yeah, I've had a lot of like going back and reading, which I don't usually do on my, on the stuff I post for that reason. Like I'll go back. Oh my God. <laughs> why did I do that? <laughs> we need to, why did I do this? But I, I try to remember, like, if I, if I show people that maybe they can relate or be more comfortable doing that, or it'll be something that they, they can be like, because the worst thing is there's nobody like me. Nobody else has this problem or struggles yes. with this kind of thing. I'm alone. Yes. I'm alone. And I don't ever want anybody to feel that way. Isn't That's that my bigger goals I, my favorite know. one of my favorite simon and garfunkel songs as a kid was i am a rock i am an island and a rock feels no pain and an island never cries and i loved that i always mm. saw that as a positive thing <laughs> i'm like that's right <laughs> i'm an island here i go again on my own white snake you know i'm like that's totally you know i i really love that i embrace that and as i got older i'm like oh those are supposed to be bad things oh Interesting. Did not take it that way because I'm fine being alone. (laughs) I'm fine being alone. And then, and then when I was alone, not by choice, when John died, and I mean I wasn't alone because I had Elijah, but that's very that's even lonelier when you're with a kid, you know. (laughs) know? Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is kind of horrible. I didn't get to choose this time alone. And that was really hard. And I didn't really realize yeah. that I showed that, that I displayed that. My son recently was talking to Derek and he said, yeah, I'm really glad mom got remarried because I think she was really lonely, but she never wanted to admit that. And I was like, I wasn't lonely. I was never lonely. I'm not a lonely person. I like being alone. And Derek was like, that's not what he was talking about. He wasn't talking about, do you like to be alone? Because you do, but you were lonely. Those are two different things. And I'm yeah. like, Oh yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, that is, that's true. And so that would be, I guess that became a fear in my life that I never thought that would be because I was always fine being by myself. I didn't need, I didn't need anybody else. And, and needing people is scary. You know, it's, it's scary to need somebody. (laughs) Very scary. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, that means they can easily hurt you. <laughs> so yes, very much so. What else you got? Did you list off everything in one big? In one big. Outburst. No, that's okay. I mean, there's no, you know. No, probably, and it sounds so conceited because again, I don't, I don't publish anything. I don't put anything out there because, well, let's just be honest. It's just conceit because I don't want it to not be good enough. And if it's not good enough, if somebody thinks it's not good enough then I'm just going to be crushed. So I don't put it out there. I don't do anything that I'm not good at. And if I'm not the best at it, I'm fine with that. I like the more middle, you know, I don't want to be the star because that's easy to fall from that. And I don't want to be lousy at it, but you know, as long as I'm in the middle, that's okay. I'm fine with that, but not being like putting something out there and not being relevant. I scoff at people. I'm a horrible person. I scoff at people that put up inane things on Facebook. I'm like, you're like, Oh gosh, I had such a great day today. The sun was shining. I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, what are you doing? This is inane. It's wasting my time. I don't want to have to read through it. And I'm like, you are so conceited because I would never put something on there that doesn't have a reason. You know, it has to be relevant. It has to touch somebody or make somebody laugh or be something that worthy of someone's time to read. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, well, how conceited is that? 
I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I struggle with that because yeah. I'm like, mm, yeah. if it's, if I don't think that it's really worthy, but then I'm, I'm making judgment calls on other people, you know? So if I don't put yeah. something on yeah. because it's not worthy, then it's like saying, well, what you put on there is not worthy of my time. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When, when Facebook first kind of blew up and stuff, uh, it was kind of like from that perspective, I was like making fun of it. Yeah. You know, so I'd post these things, you know, like, you know, I just, I just put my left sock on, <laughs> you know, and then another post, I, I just, I just put my right sock on. <laughs> I just, and it's like, cause people were posting, oh, like you know, every, every five little seconds. thing they did. I'm like, what are you doing? And I think, yeah, I mean, some of my friends and I, like, I have a really good friend, Price. Uh, he, he used, he's not even on right now. I think he has an account, but he's a go yeah. on. He's like, I decided I'm not going on Facebook anymore. <laughs> But um, he would do kind of do the same kind of things. We kind of like tongue in cheek post things, you know, sort of a mockery of like this. Here I am. Look yes. at me. Yes. <laughs> you know, type of thing. But like you said, it's then you question yourself. OK, am I is it fair for me to judge these other, you know, and that's that's the J part of me. And I things, very so. much have that. Yeah. I am. I'm a very I struggle with that mightily constantly being judgmental and trying not to be in. What does it mean and when is it healthy to be and when is it you know, oh i'm like yeah. i go back and forth from... and anything that resembles fakery it, you know it's you're gonna be automatically be like eh. yeah <laughs> i don't it, it's icky, it's icky. <laughs> i don't like Take that it away. it smells <laughs> can't touch that it smells right exactly oh my so i fear that as i get older i'll become this cranky person that no one likes <laughs> get off my lawn <laughs> Seriously, that's what I'm crankier than I used to be, just in general. And that bothers me. <laughs> Do you have the road rage thing? Is that it bothers me? I, I don't, no. I really Good. don't have the road rage thing at all. No. Um, but I don't know. I just, I feel crankier for maybe it's just a feeling I have. Maybe I don't, I'm not, that's not what I'm giving <laughs> off to other people, but I'm just, I'm like, okay, am I gonna. You know, are the aches and pains and, you know, all that stuff can turn me into one of those, you know, cranky, like, <laughs> I don't, where's my remote? Yeah, I, don't, yeah, I, don't know. Exactly. I don't know. what. But it's easy to look but... at this generation and get frustrated with things and be like, ah, oh, they're pecking idiots. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh my gosh. It I'm is. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow, I wish I had it this good. Yeah. You know, you say all that stuff. <laughs> I was there's this many jobs available right. when I was looking for yeah, jobs. Yeah, I just judged at a speech and debate <laughs> tournament this, on Saturday. And my husband did speech and debate all the way through high school. And then he did it with Dr. Derryberry at SBU. And, oh, yeah. and I mm -hmm. said, yeah. And the kids, they, they were doing US, United States extemporaneous. And so I was telling them the topics that the guys had done. And, and I said, and yeah, they, I guess they just pulled the thing out of a hat and they had like 30 minutes to look stuff up. And he's like, yeah, look stuff up. We didn't have cell phones. We had to do yeah, it how do you look stuff up? Head, <laughs> yeah, <you know>? right. <laughs> That's extemporaneous yeah. looking it up on the phone. That is so unfair. And I'm like, we yeah. are so yeah. old. So true. <laughs> He posted a thing that said, um, back in my day, the zombies didn't run. The zombies walked uphill both ways. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I got one more okay. fear. This one's a little more serious and, and I struggle with because this has happened. <laughs> I fear that I will lose inspiration to create and never get it back. Because <laughs> I've gone through periods where it's like, where did it go? Is it ever going to come back? Because I don't feel inspired to do anything you know, creative writing, whatever. Is this what the rest of the, my life's going to be like? I've had times where I've gone through periods where like, it feels like this is going to be the rest of my life and I'm not going to ever 
feel any inspiration to do these things anymore, you know, or I'm not going to hear music and be inspired. And that's a pretty scary place to be. It is. And you know, not yeah. for everybody, obviously for you. I mean, yeah, some people, sometimes I'm like, I wish I was one of those people that yeah. didn't care. There's people that don't care. <laughs> they are perfectly content to experience creativity and, and the inspiration of other people and just be observers. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I guess I could, I can do that. I can enjoy that, but I don't, I want to make a mark yes. too. Mm -hmm. And so that scares me because you have to have inspiration to push you towards doing something you feel is of value. Like if you don't have inspiration as an INFJ person, you're not going to want to follow through with anything or do anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> I silenced you. <laughs> no, it's, it's been. All right. My work is done. Is done. No. I've been <laughs> Yeah, that was not funny at all. I didn't get to I didn't get to my loves yet. So. Skip to those quick. Yeah, yeah, I'm done with the fears. Did you have any other fears? I my when when I was a very creative when I was writing in college, and probably this still is well, it is still true. I'm a teacher, and so one of my prevailing fears is leading somebody astray in some way. And with my, hmm. we, I was in a poetry group at SBU with um, one of our professors with Dr. Paget, and yeah, yeah I, I loved him. I remember such a great, yeah, he was my advisor great. and we drank tea and we wrote poetry and we shared our poetry. It was so much fun. My friend, Heather Clark and I were in it. Mike was in it. Just Ginger Worthington was in it. Yeah. I, know yeah, I love yeah. her. And we would write poems and then share our poems. And sometimes what they were writing, I'm like, you guys can't publish that. And we had a big discussion about it. Cause I was like, we had to be responsible with what we put out there, you know, in the world. What if somebody <laughs> takes that the wrong way? And Dr. Paget said, well, here's the thing about art and creativity. You have to allow people to interpret. And I'm like, that terrifies me because what if I'm wrong? I mean, I, I grew up worrying that we were wrong about God, about, you know, what if we're wrong? What if we're on the wrong side? What if we end up being the end of a time we did it wrong? And, you know, I mean, I'm always worried yeah, about yeah, if yeah. I put something out there that's irresponsible, that leads somebody down the wrong path or whatever, you know, especially with my music choices. What if somebody, they're like, oh, you listen to Meatloaf? Is that, you know, I had several <laughs> purges throughout college where I got rid of all my music. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. because I felt guilty. <laughs> I had some a purges. lot of guilt. Yeah. I have a lot of guilt. And yeah. so that's an underlying fear through everything that I might be doing it wrong, you know? And so, yeah. Yeah. So that kind of thwarts a lot of creativity, things that I would like to write or like to publish, but I'm like, oh. kind of holds you back yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Well, I would encourage you to keep struggling against that. You know? <laughs> Do it anyway. <laughs> just don't come to me when it backfires <laughs> you said <laughs> you said to do it anyway look what happened <laughs> hey there i just wanted to take an opportunity to once again thank those of you who have been listening all along and welcome those of you who maybe have wandered into this podcast I always knew that if I built it, they wouldn't necessarily come, but maybe a few would wander in by accident. So if you're wandering in by accident or on purpose, I welcome you. Thank you so much for being here, for listening this far into the episode. And thank you very much to those who have been listening all along. Uh, this is episode number four, and there are many more to come. I guarantee it. 
you have that guarantee from Jimmy James S. Butler. It means a lot. And now I'm going to slide you back into Jamie and I's conversation where we are done with fears and we talk about loves. Enjoy. And now we return you to this shambles of a podcast. Don't come round too regular here. Now I don't want to fear no more. Loves, loves. We're on to loves. Loves is easy. <laughs> sound the trump. Sound the trumpets. <laughs> sound the Peter Dinklage yeah. trumpets. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> so go ahead. You you can start off. Um, music. I mean, what that's easy. I mean, just every kind yeah. of music. I can't. And I share this with my students all the time because as we do different different things, we talk about music in different countries, and I'm like you literally cannot come up with a genre of music that I don't love at least one song or one artist of that genre. And students are always trying, trying to trip me up and they're like, they're trying to get, yeah, they're yeah. like, well, what about this? Or what about this? And they're like, you like punk? You like rap? What about Screamo? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. There's at least one song or one person from every genre that I'm like, yeah, I really like that. I really like that a lot. So I, I love music. And, and fortunately, my husband does too. And he has, I mean, our kids have grown up with, they can sing something from anything. And it's great. Like if we put our, his, he always has playlists of everything. And if he puts it on shuffle, I mean, we'll have Gregorian chants that go into George Strait that go into, and his is, I mean, even though he has an amazing amount of music and genres, I even have more because he doesn't do rap or metal. And I like rap and metal so. I mean, some of it, not all of it, but yeah, you know, yeah, so, I mean, yeah. our kids are very well rounded musically as far as that goes. So music is a number one. Nice. You? Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> this one's pretty specific. I love hearing the laughter of my children when they get together, like when they're talking to each other and they're joking, laughing, teasing each other. And I, I just love it. I love hearing it. It, it makes me feel really good <laughs> just to hear that. Yeah. We did a family a couple years ago we just went to Branson got a B&B an Airbnb yeah. and mm -hmm. and rented it out and kids stayed up late and I mean we have three adult kids I have a son-in-law and a daughter-in-law and three grandkids and so it was it was a busy time but they stayed up late playing games and they were really loud and, I, and we had the grandkids asleep mm -hmm. in our room and I said to my husband you want me to go out there and tell them to quiet down and he's like no no I I love listening mm -hmm. to that you know that that makes yeah. makes yeah. me feel like a successful parent that our kids can yeah. get together and enjoy yeah. each other's company. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good one. I like yeah. that. <laughs> what else you got? Again, something that I tell my students all the time, I use the word love too much. We do. We overuse the word love. I said, I, I'm, I'm the chief offender in that. I, I mean, if you set, talk about a movie, I'm like, Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. Person. Oh, I love this. Mm -hmm. I, I love everything, you know? And you would think that mm -hmm. I just am like this happy bubbly person that loves everything. And I'm not, but <laughs> But there's just so much. Yeah. I mean, well, right now, this time, I really love being a grandma. And I didn't really grasp how much I would enjoy mm. that. Yeah. And because we're a blended family, I only gave birth to one child, you know. And so my genes are in yeah. one kid who's not doing great right now. And so, you know, that's hard. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but yeah. and when, when we got married, my daughter was 14. 
And she had just lost her mother. And Derek and I got married six months after Lisa died. And she was a very angry 14 year old girl who despised me mm. and left the house at 17, you know, three years, three years in the house. Yeah. And it was just, it was hell. It was awful. And um, she left the house and, and came back pregnant at 18 and got married and then had her first child. And she had me in the, in the birthing room when she had Bryson. Mm. And I didn't expect that at all because she did not like me. But when she came back, she was very apologetic and said, you know, you, you are my mom. And so I got to be in there and watch him get born. And I'm like, Oh, now I understand, you know, my, you know, everybody that had grandchildren were like, it's a whole nother level. And I'm like, yes, okay. Mm. And these aren't even my grandkids technically, you know, and it's not like that at all. These are my grandkids. I mean, my oldest grandson, Wyatt's not even Britain's. I mean, absolutely no connection to he's my son-in-law's from a previous relationship. Uh-huh. And just that connect, I mean, they're my grandkids. It doesn't matter that we don't share genes or anything, you know, I mean, they're just, yeah. And Bryson in particular, because I was there at his birth and we're just, he comes and sits on my lap and calls me grams. And I'm like, I just, anything for him, you know, I just, just awesome. an yeah. extreme amount of love. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, the, I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> as, as, as far as I know, as far as you know. <laughs> nobody's pregnant. Nobody's pregnant, as far as I know. Keep it that way, ladies. Uh, it probably won't be long. Old, Who knows? They're all how single. How old is Jacob? So. He's your youngest, right? Jacob is 19. 19. Oh, yeah. he's, oh, wow. I thought he was still in high school. My yeah. goodness. Yeah. yeah, he just graduated. Yeah. Wow. So, 19, and they're pretty much every two years. Okay. So, roughly. But yeah, they're, no, nobody's settled down yet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Okay, well, this this one's this one's kind of silly, but I love dog size. Like when when dogs sigh. Oh, okay. I, love that. I thought you meant S I Z E, and I'm like, what? <laughs> Not the size of dogs. <laughs> I love everything dog sized. It has to be dog sized. That could be. <laughs> what kind of dog, you ask? <laughs> Great Dave. Teacup Chihuahua <laughs> size. <laughs> okay, so tiny. Unless okay. you know. Oh, what it does. If you're talking about suitcases, I want one that's Great Dane size. <laughs> if you're talking. <laughs> uh, no, dogs, when they sigh, ah. you know. Oh, that's cute. When they when they do their thing, you know. Because <sighs> they're just so exasperated yes. with you. Like, it's like, they have such you know. a rough life and they can't believe. And I'm like, I'm so sorry <laughs> that you, I woke you up after you were sleeping all day and you're going to go to sleep Could again. Could you in a, move in a few to minutes. sleep there? Oh, fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. In the lips, you know. Do you have a dog so. again? You have a dog right now. I do. Oh, I I have one of my daughter's dogs. Oh. You know our basset hound. He was sixteen. Was a long time. And, yeah, and he was very, very, very senile at the end, and very. Um, he'd pace around and scratch at doors, and he just got to the point where he, he the rest of his body also was deteriorating but he was still active like but yeah so we put him down a couple years ago and then the dog i have now is a coon hound and it was one of my it was one of my daughter's dogs (laughs) that is mine now and she has another new dog now well not new she's had her for about two or three years but he is now you know after the other dog got put down this other uh, 
Brick is his name, he started showing signs of dementia and stuff like that. So senility. And so he's not nearly as bad as the Basset Hound. He doesn't like to be alone. He'll follow you around. He'll, he'll whine, you know, he'll, you know, I give him medicine every night, <laughs> so, but he's very healthy. Good. I guess good. that's good. I guess it is. It's rough. It's like having a senile person. Like you have to, Yeah. not, not as bad, but he's very much like clingy and can't sit still. And I'll, I'll walk out in the morning a lot of times and he'll be standing with his head inside this like it's like an end table that's hollow he'll just be standing with with his head inside of it just standing there i'll see his back i'll see his back and it's facing the wall like or or he'll just stand there looking at the wall and yeah but then he has good days <laughs> so but yeah so oh my goodness. yeah it's kind of bittersweet yeah. you know he is what he is i don't i don't and i don't know after he's after he's gone I'm, i don't know how long it'll be before i go down that road again yeah, so. we've been without a pet since we moved back to missouri so going on four years now it's our fourth year not yeah. because we've been renting so we just were we just yeah. bought a house yeah. and we're moving we're closing on monday next monday oh wow so we'll yeah. be moving to kansas i'm like why not let's just pick another state because jamie can't sit still apparently which is so weird i yeah. lived in the same house went to the same school grew up in the same church my entire life as all three of my sisters did. And I have done nothing but move in my adult life. I'm like, this is driving me up a wall. Yeah. I hate moving, but I really want a dog, but we're kind of, we're kind of fighting about yeah. what kind I want an Irish wolfhound. I want a huge yeah. dog. And Derek's mm. like, how about yeah, some small big. dogs? I'm like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It makes me nervous. Yeah. It makes me nervous, but I do. I love dogs. They are just, I don't know. They're just the perfect animal. I love them. So yeah, I love them. I, I, I'm not sure, you know, like puppies and stuff. I remember how that was. No, I can't do a puppy. <laughs> and that could be rough. I can't do a puppy. I <laughs> yeah. can't do that training but, again, so. <laughs> yeah, the training's yeah. rough. Yeah. So you're moving to somewhere in Kansas. Um, Baxter wow. Springs. Yeah, it's. Oh, wow. I don't, I don't know where that's at. It's, um, it's just over the border and out of Missouri into Kansas. I mean, like, it's like. Which. Um, jo do you know where Joplin, Missouri is? North. Yeah. Um, that's where oh, my yeah. daughter lives and, and that's yeah. where our grandkids are. And so it's about 20 minutes from Joplin. Oh, nice. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah my, uh, my girlfriend, her name's Christina. I know. <laughs> um, we went to Joplin just to, yeah, we, we try to go on, we, we like adventure, just going to different places. Yeah. And, um, so we, we thought, oh, we should go to Joplin. So we went down there and we went to, um, there's a, um, a place you can get in the water. I forgot what it's called, but it's a place that's known around where you can, it, the water's like rushing, you know, it's, there's a waterfall Oh. and you can get into the water. Cool. I forget where it's at exactly, but yeah, it's, it's in Joplin. And then we went down to downtown and we like art. Yes. So, yes. Me too. You know, we went and went and bought a piece of art at one of, from one of the people. Oh, that's there. great. There was a lady down there that does, um, paintings and she like really, she likes moons. So she does all these paintings with clouds and the moon. Oh, wow. All different colors of moons. Oh, they're really I neat. would like that. Yeah. So, so she bought one, I bought one. <laughs> and, but yeah, so yeah, I like it a lot. And then I always look for breweries. I like, I like to go to breweries and cause I like the micro yeah. So there was one down there. I can't remember the name of it now, but I always gear my, where I'm going. I'd look for breweries. <laughs> okay. Where, what breweries are nearby? Yeah. What can we do? 
Because it's kind of like an adventure too, <laughs> you know, because they're usually have neat, neat decor. Yes. And stuff like yeah. That. That's, that's Derek's to, big excitement about our new house is that he's going to be able to have his own bar. And so he has a room. He had, there's an extra room that he's turning into a bar. So he's been buying and we like antiquing thrift store. That's what our kind of thing is. That's yeah. our, that yeah. I don't like shopping, yeah. but I love thrift stores and flea markets. And most of our furniture mm-hmm. and stuff is from, you know, it's antique stuff or really cool stuff that's from there. So he's been buying stuff for the new house for the bar that he's going to have. And he's, and it's so funny because oh, nice. I'm like, I, I don't talk to my mom about it too much because she's, she'd be like, yeah, I well, just yeah. don't like alcohol. And so we don't talk yeah, about that. Yeah. Same yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. My kids, um, yeah. my kids thought it was really funny because we were out for my daughter's for celebrating her birthday. She just got graduated from the army national guard. So she's been gone for six months. And um, she just got back and her birthday was while she was gone. We met at Branson Landing at Landshark. And so my husband's like, I'll, I'll buy the drinks for everybody. So it was just a, four of us that were adults and then my 13 year old. So he didn't get a drink. But so he ordered drinks and he said, "Hun, what do you want? And Brittany's like, wait a minute. Okay, are you asking mom what drink she wants? <laughs> She's like, mom does not drink. And he's like, well, she drinks a little my, bit. Yeah. And she was like, what has happened while I've been gone? she's like you do what and I'm like just like the fruity peach things I like peach and mango and so it's kind of dangerous because I really like those drinks so and she's like okay mom has two tattoos and had she got two tattoos while I was gone and is drinking I my life is just (laughs) just small tattoos they're little on my wrist it's not like a big deal but anyway so she's kind of freaked out because she has like four tattoos. So I'm like, okay, Brittany. So yeah, yeah, hey. So she was gone for six months. Is yeah, that what said? yeah, she was Whatever. away at training yeah. for six months and yeah. and just graduated. So that's pretty cool. But good for yeah. her. That's yeah, awesome. she's a dragon soldier. I'm like, okay. Ooh. So she did <laughs> chemical or something. I don't know. I despise science. So that's my I'm like that's a that's yeah, not yeah. a love. It's a, a hate. <laughs> That's, that's you're not listing that off. No, definitely not. No, the opposite, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I love art. Like you said, I was I was an art major when I first came to SBU. When I met you, I was an art major. Um, I quickly changed that because again, I wasn't great at it. And so I was like, oh, why am I doing this? You know, all these people that are really awesome at this, and I'm like, well, that's what Glenn did. So Glenn was that. Yes. He was a yes. major. Yeah, yeah, we, 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 um, I think we so had, I don't know one if had any class classes together. together cross paths. But he yeah. was like way advanced. I, not so much. You know, I like to draw. He was very meticulous yeah. about art. <laughs> he, he was. He was. Yeah, he meticulous. wouldn't have enjoyed mine. <laughs> just, <laughs> like I said, I just, I was like, this is not for me. This is not for me. I'm, the one thing that I am really good at is reading. So let's just do English. And that's what I did for a long time. Yeah. And everybody's like, what are you going to do with it? I'm like, just, I'm going to read and I'm going <laughs> to read a lot. <laughs> I'm going to read and then I'll probably read some more. And <laughs> I might pick up a I couple read, more books. I might read after that. <laughs> Can't you make a job yeah. out of did you grow up? Did you grow up reading a lot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so did I. I read a lot, uh, you know, when I was as young as I can remember. Yeah, me too. I don't remember not reading. Reading. So I remember starting school, but I was already reading. So I was like, yeah, yeah. I remember being like, the teacher was like, well, let's give you this book. And I was like, she's like, okay, we'll go up another level. And she's like, okay. um, Yeah. There's nothing in the kindergarten classroom for you. So, (laughs) so did your, did either one of your parents read to you? My mom. 
Okay. My mom read to oh, me. Okay. You know, she would read chapter books every, like a chapter every night of a book. Uh, Narnia, yes. you know, things like that. Yeah. You know, when I was really little. Yeah. So I don't know if that's, has anything to do with. They say you know, it does, which makes me feel really horrible because I, I, I was not the greatest at reading to my kids. I love reading so much, but I hate reading out loud, like passionately despise yeah. it. Um, and yeah. being a teacher, I talk all day and, and that exhausts me. Yeah, you had to talk a lot. <laughs> so yeah. so yeah. I really need yeah. that downtime to just be quiet. So I did I did make some effort, especially when Derek and I first got married. The boys were 11 and 12. I mean, our boys are the same age, technically. Mm-hmm. And so I did read um, Where the Red Fern Grows to them. I read that because that was important to me. My aunt read it to us when we were kids. Yeah. So I, I read that to them. I read aloud a couple of different books to them, but but I was like, okay, now you read, you know, <laughs> and I didn't get a reader yeah. until my last one. My 13 year old loves to read. I, and I'm like, thank you. Oh, awesome. I'm like, <laughs> I got zero. Really? Out of it's, four. And I read, weird? like I read to at least the oldest two. I read pretty consistently huh. too, but yeah. Yes. Now they would say, oh, we read, but I, yeah, come on. You don't read. No, not like read. breathing. I mean, for me, it's like, <laughs> you don't reading. read, read, you know, I yeah. have to have yeah. several books. I had to have a book in every room and every space. I mean, what if there's downtime and yeah. I don't have a book? I mean, you know, that would be like, what do you do? <laughs> so I think readers are my, maybe, or maybe, maybe this is true, but it seems like they're more rare than they used to be. I think so. Very people. much so. A lot of people, a lot of women, especially now, they're like, oh, I'm just an avid reader, but they're reading like beach books or whatever. And I'm again, here yeah. comes my judgmental, yeah. my criticism. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've read everything by Danielle Steele and I'm like, that's great. And you know, that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty yeah. high reading right there. <laughs> and I read juvenile fiction, I, but I like dystopian. I'm sure, you, I'm sure they throw in a Dostoevsky <laughs> every once in a while too. How, what did Theodore <laughs> say to you today? Which that, which that, you know, the first, I, I love Dostoevsky. And, of course you do. He's depressed. I'm not going to say, but I'm not going to say I've read everything. Oh, no. and, and it's, and, and I'll be the first to tell you, it is tough mm-hmm. reading. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of yeah. it is. But I think it's ironic. I always think it's ironic because I, I first read Crime and Punishment and it was in the library at the Christian school I went to. And I was like, I'm surprised they would approve of, yeah. of this. Yeah. But they were weird like that. They, it's a you know, classic. If it was a, cl- they had Poe, you know, like, but it's like, you, you know, his back, you know, he was like a drug. <laughs> he was like a drug, you know, As that what, whole a morphine user or whatever. <laughs> but, but it was, it was weird because they, ha- if it was classic, a classic author that it was okay to have there. Yeah. And I was like, this is so weird. You guys are, and of course I questioned, yeah. I'm like, this yeah. is weird. But I didn't question too much on those because I was like, then, then you yeah, lose, exactly. Then yeah, they take them out. I'm just gonna so I don't want to keep quiet and keep checking them out. Yeah. But yeah. I read also. I read Stephen King. Me too. I read all sorts of stuff like yeah. that, and I would take it to school, and it would get taken. They, you know, they'd throw it away or whatever. <laughs> My Stephen King book. I got in trouble but, in um, fourth grade because we had silent reading time, and so I whipped out my book. In fourth grade, our teacher had a challenge for us. She had a kiln. And for every 10 books you read, you could oh, make nice. a small um, ceramic animal and you could paint it and she would glaze it in her kiln and give it to you. Mm. And if you wow. read 50 books, you got to do a big animal. I was the only one that read 50 books and it was, I was like done by October. I'm like, you know, what now? What another 50 <laughs> books? I'm like, let's go. Yeah. Um, but I just loved to read. And during silent reading time, I whipped out a book that I'd grabbed from my mom. My mom had a cabinet 
this huge cabinet by our downstairs bathroom that had these big doors that opened and it was full of her books. And there was a bunch of Harlequins in there, which I was like, eh, didn't read those. I mean, I might've tried one or two and I'm like, yeah, these are stupid. And so I never read those, but I grabbed a book off of her shelf because I'd read all of mine and I reread books, but I didn't really feel like rereading something. I want something new. So I'm reading this book and my teacher comes by and she's looking at all of our books and she's like frowning and looking at me. She said, open that to the cover. And so I open it and she said, mm-hmm. I am taking that and calling your mother. I live in a small town, 500 people. So our, our library, town library was the center of the school. And so the librarian knew what I, what I read if I checked it out. So I thought I'll sneak something from moms. Then the librarian won't give me the big hairy eyeball like she does every day. And so, and so mm-hmm. my mom got called. I got in so much trouble when I got home, major spanking because it was Valley of the Dolls. And here's the thing. My mom was like, you are not allowed to take books out of my cabinet without my permission. I have to see what book you take out of the cabinet. I was like, okay. And she's like, you have no idea what this book is about. It is. And I said, I know what it's about. And she's like, no, you don't. You have no idea. And I said, it was my second time reading it. I've already read it. (laughs) And she was like, you're in fourth grade, Jamie, this is inappropriate. And it was, I'm like, I shouldn't have read that. But I also read um, Peyton Place. I read Peyton Place as a fourth grader. And again, I didn't need to read those books, but I got bored with what I had to read. And our town librarian was like Hitler about what you were, you were in the elementary section. And I'm like, I've read all of those books. Yeah, that's, that's. Yeah. And she was like, you are elementary. You have to read from the elementary section. And I was like, I've read all of them and I've reread most of them. I need something else. And so my mom called her and had to go down and sign a paper saying that Jamie can check out junior high books. Just ridiculous. So I read through all the junior high books by the end of fifth grade. And so I'm in junior high now and I'm like, can I check out adult books? And she's like, absolutely not. So my mom had to come down again and sign a paper saying Jamie is approved to pick out the high school books. So my very first book that I checked out from the adult books was Mein Kampf. And I thought she was going to blow a gasket. She was like, what is wrong with you? The librarian just hated me. I mean, and everybody oh knew goodness. us. So it's like a small town, you know, she was like, so yeah. she calls my mom again and we own the little store in town. So she calls my mom at the store. My mom was like, she, she's like, she wants to talk to you. And I get on the phone. My mom's like, Jamie, why? Why do you have to do these things? <laughs> and I'm like, it's an important book to read. And she's like, you're in sixth grade. What could you possibly understand about Mein Kampf? And I'm like, it's important to understand what Hitler was thinking. He was crazy. I want to know why people say he was crazy. And she's like, all right, it's fine, Mrs. Larson. Let her read it. She probably won't get through it. And I did. I mean, I read that. I read Siddhartha in fifth grade. Didn't really grasp the whole thing, but, you know, read Ivanhoe for my fifth grade assignment and my my book report over Christmas. Oh, I was like, why did I do this to myself? This is a hard book. <laughs> but I was going to persevere, dang it. So yeah, reading, I mean, that would be my number one love, of course, you know, books. I just yeah can't get enough of them. Yeah, I can relate. Probably read too much junk. I need to be better about that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Well, that wraps it up for this episode, fellow Earth Babies. Thank you so much for joining me. The next episode is currently in the works, and I'm hoping to start churning these babies out a little quicker for you. But no promises, because guess what? 
I'm a one-man show. I don't want any money. I don't want any sponsorship. All I want to do is keep creating podcasts that I would want to listen to, and hopefully there'll be some other people like me who will want to listen as well. I'm trying to put out podcasts that are enjoyable to listen to and have an element of creativity that hopefully will strike a chord with those who listen the way it strikes a chord with me. So yeah, I'm not asking for sponsorship. I'm not asking for contribution. All I'm asking for is a little bit of patience and for you to keep showing up, checking back. And my promise is that I will try to put these podcasts out a little more often. I'm new to this. I started from scratch. I didn't know how to edit. I didn't know how to find content. Copyright-free music is a big thing. And so this is a process for me, and I appreciate so much those of you who have tuned in and have kept tuning in and who have wandered in. Just a quick note to let you know that our beloved Brick, the coon hound that I was speaking of earlier in the podcast when we were talking about loves, he passed away on April 1st. This episode was recorded back in March, and he passed away a couple of weeks later. He was a wonderful dog, sweetest dog in the world. Everyone who ever met him would say the same. Cheers to you, Brick, wherever you are. We love and miss you. You can find links in the show notes to the music that was used in the podcast and the sound effects. Earlier in the podcast, we heard from Fears IRL, aka Constance Keen, with a little tune called Days. And then we heard from Glass Candy, Love, 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 a little bit later in the podcast. Links to their work are in the show notes, and I urge you to check out both bands. There's really some amazing music on their releases. And I think we'll have a little bit of glass candy, love, 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 taking us out today. Take care of yourselves. Bye. Two, three, two, six. Hey, I'm up to the right.